0: Hey Houston, Guido here with exciting news. AAF Houston's next luncheon will be on September 20th, 1130 to 1 p.m. at the Ballroom at Tanglewood.
1: Learn the secrets to winning an Addy. Past winners will spill the beans, judges will share insights, and we'll walk
0: you through the entry process. Plus, we'll reveal the 2023-2024 American Advertising Awards theme, and you can even win a free entry to submit your work. Don't miss it. September 20th, Ballroom at Tanglewood. Be there.
2: Really, it's just the confidence it gives you to enter in with a force. You know, they really, like Caitlin was saying, our professors want you to do well, and they really just want to see you thrive and help you out.
0: Hola, amigos, and welcome to the Add to Houston Amigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falcone, uh, your host today. I am joined today by my co-host.
1: Alexander Hallou, current president of ATU
0: Houston. And as always, our producer Jacob D'Anton. Hello from the room. Today on the show, we have three very special guests. Uh, in no particular orders, they are Mike Devlin, professor at Texas State University, and the NSAC advisor, advisor for the school, Cooper Murphy, program's chair for at 2 Houston, and also a former NSAC team member. He was the art director. And Kaylin Turner, a marketing manager with HP, and also an NSAC alumni. Uh, thank you so much, all three of you guys for joining us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having thank us. Thank you for
0: having us. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we talked about this in the podcast before, but Alex is also a former NSAC uh, participant uh, from a few years ago. So today, as you might have guessed, the topic is NSAC, the National Student Advertising Competition. This is a very prestigious competition that AAF does every year. Uh, unfortunately, I was never able to participate in it, but I have a room full of guests who did. So if you guys could take a second and talk a little bit about what NSAC is, you know, and how uh, how students you know, yeah, participate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead
3: and take that. So the National Student Advertising Competition, Uh, It's sponsored by the AAF, or the American Advertising Federation. It's the largest and one of the most prestigious student uh, advertising competitions in the country. Each year, we get a national client, uh, and all schools participate, and they work from the same brief, and they work uh, for the same client. And about 100 schools each year participate. And then the way it breaks down, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, we we all broken our districts. Obviously, we represent District 10. Uh, which is the largest district in the country as well? Uh, that includes school from Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And uh, each school competes against one another within their district. Uh, there, if you win uh, first in your district, you advance to a semifinal where all district winners and there's uh, 12 or is it 14? I forget. There's it's it's changed. Uh, some of them are mega districts, so they have two uh, they have two teams that go up. So you know anywhere from 14 to 16 teams then have their materials looked at by a new set of judges. And then from there, the top eight um, advance to nationals where they'll get to compete against one another with a new set of judges for the client. Typically, the judges at that point are all client judges. And, you know, so they announce the winner. So it's a great process. It's a long process. though. we usually start uh, in December. And, you know, if you advance, you can end up going all the way till June. So it's
1: a, it's a long and involved process for these guys.
0: Yeah, that definitely sounds like it, but it does sounds like a very good opportunity for any students.
1: Yes, especially when you're an up-and-coming advertising professional trying to make your way and your impact into the industry. Uh, you know, We typically don't know where to start and NTEC really acts as that gateway or that bridge for up-and-coming pro- advertising professionals to really leave their mark, or at least um, get a taste of what's it all about. So in this year, um obviously, I was there in St. Louis to see your presentation, and I'm sure our viewers here would love to learn a little bit more about the client that you guys had to, the privilege to create the campaign for, and a little bit more about uh, the direction you guys took on it. So either Kaylin, Cooper, if you guys maybe want to give a brief about that, that would be fantastic.
4: So I served as our executive creative director this year, and uh, our client was Indeed, so they are a job search website. where. People can go and search for jobs, and they're all there in one pool. And our target was Gen Z, people who are ready to look for jobs. It was interesting because a lot of us were also in that target, but that also helped us with really having that gut feeling and being able to explore our research not only through a secondhand approach, but also firsthand. So, one of the biggest things that our strategy team uncovered was this root idea of fear and the job search feeling scary. It's the fear of the unknown. We wanted to explore that, but we knew that we needed to resonate with Gen Z. And Gen Z, more than any other generation, is really good at avoiding advertising. They're oftentimes not excited about it unless it doesn't feel like advertising. So we took it a really absurd twist, and we went back to some childhood roots of creating fun characters. Uh, we had these little creatures called Scamps, which represent fear when you don't know what it is, and then you see it, and it's a fun little puppet.
2: It was exciting to use the Scamps just because a lot of times, like Caitlin said, we all have these irrational fears around the job search. You know, we're not sure what to expect or what we're going into, and that was what a lot of us face when we were approached with this client. But once we came up with this rude idea of having these shadow mysterious figures deeply just being these puppet type figures, it helped us in a way boil it down and make it easy. And once we started going with that, our minds were just racing with all sorts of ideas that we could take these puppets.
3: Well and I will just to add to that, you know, what I is the advisor you know, I've seen a lot of teams come through and, and they'll present to the, their creatives to the team. And, you know, there'll be a little pushback, a little buy-in right away. Um, I will say this too was a unique time because when they first came up and pitched, what are going to do these puppets? Uh, I, along with most of the other people on the team, all rolled our eyes and were like, we're not doing puppets, guys. Like, this is not going to work. And uh, we told them to go back and, and keep working on it. And too much of the, you know, just to show that when you have a really good creative idea and you believe in it, you know, how much do you want to fight for, but also refine it. And, you know, what they did is they went back and they refined it again and they started giving these puppets personality and really tied them back to the brand, like in a strategic way. So they weren't just spokespeople, but they were by by proxy arms of the brand that you kind of got personified. And they came back again and they pitched, we're going to do these puppets. And I was like, guys, we're not doing puppets. Like you, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then they showed everyone. And we looked and we're like, Oh, you know what? This might work. So, you know, I, I think it was—it wasn't just puppets. I think you guys are showing yourself short a little bit. It was—you know—it was really spokespeople
1: that yeah, yeah.
3: had a fun. And there's a lot of ways that they could bend these. And you know, I saw some of the other teams. You know, they also used um, characters and to, to try to communicate. But again, the the key here was these puppets had such a vibrant personality. You could tell they really dug into who these puppets were, so they weren't. They, they felt authentic and it felt enjoyable to watch. So it was, it was a good experience watching them grow on that whole creative front that they got.
1: Yeah, and those literal personifications that were amplified through those characters really made a great impression, you know. With each, of, each persona of the Scamps, you had illuminating shadows, kind of creating like a monstrous figure, perso- uh, displaying this irrational fear that these students had before they were uh introduced to all the benefits of Indeed and those fat that, that particular component in your campaign really stood out a lot and it really created a great dynamic impression on young professionals, especially the students that were there. I really I remember when I was at the room listening to the presentation of the team with Caitlin being on stage as well, a lot of people were laughing at some of the ads with um if I recall, Cooper, you were one of the voices of the characters, is that right? <laughs>
2: Caitlin and I both were, actually. Oh, right. I got the opportunity to voice our cranky old man, Frank.
3: (laughs) He he had a little bit of a a
2: little rasp to his voice. He was a little rough, but,
3: you know, he wanted to find human insight in job hunters.
2: And (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin. Yeah. Whitney was
4: our it girl. She's the one that four hard filters deep in the bathroom, and she is ready to hype you up when you are not feeling your best self. Oh,
0: that's so fun. I I think uh it's awesome that you guys get to kinda of do some you know, obviously this isn't this this isn't like a real com- well, I mean it's a campaign, but like it doesn't go live, right? But you get to understand what the process is of developing a campaign, uh figuring out what the message is gonna be and all of that before you even get to the professional world, right? Which is not something that you usually get. So continuing on this, um, Obviously, you guys were students when you were in NSAC because it's the national student advertising competition. Uh, what is the process for a student to participate in this? You know, how do they like sign up? Do they have to take a class? How does that work?
2: For me, when I was first introduced to NSAC and I saw the last year's team. So, MetaQuest was the client they were working on. And I had some friends within advertising that were on the team and they needed some help with a commercial spot. And I was, All for it. You know, I wanted to jump in. I didn't know too much about the competition. But just seeing the way that they were involved and how focused they were all driven really motivated me to want to do this myself my next year, my senior year of college. So when, you know, Devlin, our professor, told us about the applications, we all had a creative challenge, depending on which part you wanted to be on. I wanted to be on the creative team. So we had a creative challenge application and filled out a few prompts, you know, did some design work, and then met with him in an interview. He gave us some refinements. And if you were good at taking that constructive criticism and elevating the work that you turned in, I think that was a great indicator of whether or not you could be a part of the team. So thankfully, he had, he put me on the team as an art director. And everyone that was on it, you know, you could all tell that they were so motivated. Everyone was ready to give hundred percent. And that's what really made the team chemistry just shine this past year was having so many focused workers who were okay with constructive criticism and, you know, wouldn't take it as offense and could just roll with it.
4: Just to add on to that a little bit, I had a different route with discovering impact. It was something that Devlin would come in and speak to all of the different creative classes and well advertising classes about. And when I first heard about it, I was like, that is so scary. I do not want to do that. There's (laughs) no way. (laughs) And uh, one of the things that I really love about our Texas State professors is if they see that you are driven and passionate and that you have potential, they will push you out of your comfort zone, but empower you into doing things that will help you grow. And that's what they did with me. I had a couple of professors come up to me and be like, hey, you're going to apply for that, right? And I was really nervous, but I did it, and I'm really glad that I did. So I actually did it for the first time in 2022, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it used to be a process where you would apply, and for creative positions you would just upload some portfolio pieces. Right. Um, but in our post mortem for 2022, we came up with the idea of also doing a creative challenge just to see, you know, what different how people will tackle feedback, and mm-hmm. I think that that definitely it made an impact. It really, really made it what it is. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's fantastic. I know I can even chime in as well, at least from my perspective with the University of Houston. Um, there is a collegiate chapter uh, called AFU of H in the University of Houston, where I was uh, the former president of as well, and former creative uh, officer chair. But really, when it came with NSAC in particular, I would always see our academic advisor, Professor Kelly, uh, boasting about the credentials that and the clients that you get to work with here and how much it could really leave a great impression on portfolio pieces when you apply, when you leave to the real world and apply for that really big job. And at least in my case, uh, yeah, submitting portfolio pieces was a factor of that. And uh, we really didn't get to decide who was going to be the creative director <laughs> or who were our our respective um positions in this creative team really i was just thrown in the mix and we were like a week behind maybe like a few months behind on where we needed to be and then professor kelly said hey i know you you can do this please take (laughs) that and that's (laughs) what happened uh at least with MetaQuest on my end
3: and i do want to add you know for your for your listeners i think it's important to add though so every school has a little bit different process of you know how they develop their team some of them if you're in a campaign class and you have to you know you need to fight I look, to sign up for a campaign class, sometimes that, that school turns the campaign class into you know, in of the client. Um, there are some schools that start uh, in the fall and they're already working on it in, you know, September when the, the King Group comes up. Um, you know, there's just there's, every school is going to be different. So if you're looking this, uh, you know, and depending on what school you're in, don't think that there's just one absolute, or one absolute way to do it. I would say the best thing to do is find out, talk to your the advisors or the faculty member. Every faculty Every school is going to have a faculty advisor. And then the best thing to do is go reach out to that advisor and ask what their process is for getting on the team. You know, the way we do it at Texas State, it's a little different. We actually, I go and recruit. So I'll spend, you know, the fall recruiting from classes and trying to figure out what, uh, you know, what spots we need. We try to run our team at Texas State like an agency. Our big thing is we want to develop them career ready. So we actually develop each year's team as a full-out agency. So we have an account coordinator, an account executive, creative director, uh, strategist. We have our production design team. So we really put people in those roles. And when they apply, they apply like it would be for a job of this is the role I want, based on the job description or where I wanna go. And then usually I and the rest of the faculty will interview them and we'll look at their work and then we'll also talk together. So the faculty all gets together and says, "Hey, I think this is a really, you know, this person would be a great media planner. Let's go ahead and, and put them there." So it's ours is much more like an agency run process rather than just a class. But again, for your listeners, the best thing to do is go like, get involved with your your local chapter on Usually That's where you're going to find out about the, the most stuff, and then talk to your faculty advisor who's in charge of it and, and find out what you need to do to get on the team.
0: So, um, Mike, I actually, have a kind of a follow up question for you. It might be a little awkward, but Uh, As the advisor for the the school, right? You are the one who is basically putting together the team. So let's say that uh, the junior or something tries to apply for this, uh, and you know they're not quite there, right? You say sorry, you know, no, whatever. However it is that you say it. Um, What? How do you encourage them to like say come back next semester? Uh, What do you help like you know? What do they? What do you talk to them about like how to improve? What it is that they need to do? To join the team the next time around, right? And I know that might be a bit of an awkward question, but I, I think it, it's worth asking.
3: No, no, I think it's good, and it's good for the the you know for the young students, young listeners to hear. It's it is hard. I think for us, again, we have we have a good problem in the sense that we have a lot of people that are interested in being on tech every year, and I think that's just because over the last four or five years we've had a lot of success at district and the nationals, and those so students are hearing about it. Uh, each year, we get about seventy to eighty students apply to be on Intact, and you know, as much as I would love to have eighty people, in, you know, enjoy this experience, it just you can't facilitate that, t- you know, that type of learning. We typically have about twenty people out of that eighty, so roughly, you know, three fourths of these people are going to get told to come back. Um, sometimes they're seniors, and this is their one shot. Those are the ones that it's really hard for us saying, "Hey, this is why you didn't make the team, and here's some things that you're going to want to make sure that you fix." So I try to you know, some of those that that make it to the interview stage, I try to give some feedback on, hey, this is some things that you can consider. So when you go out and apply for a job, you may want to address this in your resume or you may want to address this in your portfolio so that they can still make that a learning experience. Um, If it's a junior, definitely. There's a lot of times I tell them, hey, you're competing against, you wanted to be a copywriter, but you're competing against 12 other writers who are the advanced portfolio creative class and you've already taken intro to creative. So they're going to, they just have more time, they have more skills. Uh, try again. One of the things that we have done though is we've started bringing in on juniors and we don't let them take it for credit. So they don't take it for course credit and they're they're on the team in more of a volunteer internship role.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's a volunteer role. And we say, look, if you if you show up and you put in the work, then you can come back next year as a as a leader. Um otherwise, you know, and if if you don't show up then that's fine. They're not really taking a spot from anyone, it's no harm, no foul. And the last couple of years, we've had those same people that take it for no credit in their junior year. They come back in their senior year and they end up being creative directors and, you know, account directors and stuff. So, um, but I also say that is the hardest part of, you know, telling students, hey, okay, you, didn't, you didn't make the cut. Um, but it does hurt as an advisor because you want to see, you know, all these, all these students have an opportunity to succeed. And then, you know, if they don't make it, we always try to find other opportunities for them and encourage them to get involved with AAF, try to get involved with their ad two Clubs, um, and let them know that insect is not the defining moment of their college career. And that just because you make insect doesn't mean you're not going to go find a terrific job afterwards.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's great.
1: It's a fantastic place to start. Especially, um, there are also opportunities where local collegiate chapters as well offer uh, portfolio building opportunities with also the leverage of taking classes to build on that portfolio to then finally get into that stage of uh, being a part of the insect team to create a big scale theoretical campaign um, with all the research, the strategy being utilized to actually create something compelling, like what was created for Indeed. And um, I guess I'd like to say, or follow up with uh, Caitlin Cooper, from your experiences working at NSAC this year, and uh, I guess now finally exiting college and looking for opportunities, or in this case, in Caitlin's case, she's now working as a marketing direct, a marketing manager at HP. Um, what were the skills that you f- felt transferred the most um, in your current roles?
2: For me, it was definitely just the confidence that I was able to get after being in NSAC. You know, you when you're in college and you're in your classes, you hear a lot about industry talk and agency experience, but you're not quite sure if you're ready for that or if you will be. But after being on NSAC and just experiencing it, you really see how a team can work and what you can actually put yourself to be able to do. And that is just, uh, you know, you develop your tech skills a lot more. Like when I started NSTAC, I never really ever picked up Adobe illustrator. And by the end of it, I was on it every, every day we were at our meetings, you know, just designing stuff and creating new graphics and branding guidelines. But Really, it's just the confidence it gives you to enter in with a force. You know, they really, like Caitlin was saying, our professors want you to do well, and they really just want to see you thrive and help you out. So that was the best experience that I got from NSAC was the confidence to go in and take over whatever role I'm given or whatever freelance job that I'm working on at the time.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Amplifying that 100%. confidence and just being able to see yourself and also your teammates grow. I think that that's another really cool thing about having juniors come in on the team too, is being able to see them grow their skills and grow their confidence and knowing that you're leaving the team next year in good hands as well. But with transferable skills, the first year that I was doing it, I was creative director and I was really mostly focused on just creative and You know, still connecting those dots, but this year coming in as executive creative director, I was really able to look at things from a high level and apply the confidence that I had gained the first time that I did it. And that's really helped me with my position at HP because a lot of it is creative strategy. I'm looking at things from a very high marketing level, but I'm also doing creative things. I'm still copywriting uh, and I'm still collaborating with art directors. And I just I have the confidence now to trust my gut, I know where to go for research, and I know how to connect those puzzle pieces better
2: than Mm -hmm. I would have before. Absolutely. And just to add one more thing to my question, sorry to go back, but um, also whenever we were preparing our work, uh, you know, the presentation also has to be very clean and consistent with the project. And that was another hurdle that we had to anticipate with going in. So when our presentation team was creating our slideshow and the script for it, they needed just a little bit of a little extra, a little help just to get them going the right way. And being an NSAC, you know, and just being so motivated, you have the confidence to step up and take on roles that you may have not thought you were able to do before. So I was able to be like, hey, you know, I can help you all create the slide deck. you already so focused on memorizing the script, and that the last thing you need to think of is designing a whole PowerPoint so I went in and helped create that slideshow with them and did a ton of technology stuff that just I, it gives people stress you know when you have to worry juggle so many things so being able to step up and help just go in and rehearse with them, make sure that everything's running tech wise it really makes a difference in how the presentation will affect the work because the work can be great and if it's just not presented effectively, you know, it could fall short. But thankfully, like I said, we had an excellent presentation team this year. We had a, a ton of great advisors like Devlin and Deanne Vickery who were able to help us out and just all made it go smooth and consistent.
0: That's uh, that's very good to to hear. Actually, I'm sorry, Cooper. One thing that you mentioned was that before NSY, you've never touched like any of the Adobe Cloud. Um, And I think that's funny uh, Mm -hmm. because that happened to be in the real world, in the real world, so to speak. One of my first jobs, I was like, I just said, I know how to do this. I have no idea how to, I just had to figure it out on a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's great that you had that option, right? That you were part of this team and you were able to like learn how to use these tools so that when you got, you get your next job or whatever you're like yeah you know i'm proficient in this i've been doing it for a while no more trials by fire in this case no more googling and hoping you can find the correct youtube video (laughs) how (laughs) to do it Um, it's youtube's
2: great but we had an excellent graphic designer colin morris and he was able to design our plans book and whenever we were creating the powerpoint he showed me the ropes and just gave me some tips on what to do and that experience, you know, being able to collaborate with others. YouTube and online tutorials are excellent, of course, but the experience you get working with other people who have experience and just being able to share ideas and thought processes, that's, uh, that is is just priceless. Absolutely.
4: Yeah.
1: 100%. And circling back then to Mike, um, out of your whole experience from being the advisor for the Texas State NSEC team from, if I recall, from 2018, um, What's been your most memorable experience so far, and what makes this team so different?
3: You know, it's it's funny, and Caitlin's heard me say this. I, I, I every team I'll tell them I'm like, you guys, this has been my favorite team. Um, <laughs> and then the next team comes in, and they become the new favorite. And then I go, wait a minute, they're all my favorite. you know, for one reason or not. So, and I, favorite's a w- wrong word, but memorable team. I can't put a finger on what what it is that makes the team. We've done a really great job of. Uh, I think getting the right students involved every year, the, you know, the students across Texas State, I think are just fantastic. They have such a good work ethic. Um, They're hungry, they're modest, they're humble. They come in, they want to learn, and they, they take chances, they take risks. And I think that's what's cool about every team is they come in with just new ideas. And, you know, I think for me as an advisor, it's been every year I'm able to step back and just really trust our students to, to make decisions uh, and then advising when I say, hey, I think you're, you need to push this a little bit further and then letting them go and push that further. I think what made this team so memorable though, was, you know, not just making it to nationals, um, but the fact that they were so willing to take a risk on on the creative. And it was a, one of those ideas that when you saw, it, you know, me and some of the other faculty that I talked about thought, this is either going to win first place or it's going to win last mm-hmm. place. And I told them, I said, hey, guys, this is a big risk. You know, if you don't execute it just perfectly, it's going to be laughed at, not left with. And, you know, the thing is, is they knew it was risky. And what I really appreciate about this team in particular is they knew the risk. And they went ahead and they said, we're going to try and put ourselves out there and do it and do it right. And that's what made this team really memorable up on that stage when they were the Nationals. You saw a lot of other really great schools. Across the country, present work, and I still felt that ours was the most creative, uh, had the most creative risk. And that's what I'll stick out about this team.
1: Exactly. And, you know, that's kind of a theme that I noticed this year, especially with the advertising awards in the national level. A lot of the campaigns that won uh, Gold Addy, or sorry, Gold American Awards, Silver, or not even, bronze is not even in there anymore in the, one of the categories, is that um, a lot of them were risky, risque campaigns, where they touched on really interesting topics in a way that made it impactful. And in the case with Indeed, and with uh with your team in particular, these characters really amplified these ideas and really projected themselves to the audience in a way that, you know, made it more captivating. And I can say that as well, moving forward with every campaign, there's always a risk, uh, whether it's an like you had mentioned an idea where you want people to laugh with not laugh at i think that's really something that comes a lot with um, those big idea campaigns especially um nowadays where things are really pointed out in a way that you have to be very careful on how you present it without offending others and also just applying it to the right to the right demographic in this case it was gen z hopefully moving forward (laughs) as time goes by we'll have more information on other generations that and what are their preferences as well. And I think that research really shows values as well. Um, on top of that, then, given with um, all the things that come out of NSAC, um, a lot of students tend to leave to the workforce and they don't know where to go at times, uh, whether uh, they want to stay more involved in, a, in an organization like the American Advertising Federation and when they join, uh, there are organizations like Ad 2 that are here to assist them as well in that journey. Um, Ad 2 is an affiliation with the American Advertising Federation. If you apply for a membership with AAF, you're automatically a member of Ad 2 Under the age of 32, you basically become enrolled in your uh, district, or in this case, your state uh, chapter, or city chapter in this case. And in our case, it was Houston. Um, and aside from that, I mean, I just wanted to really just push that out as well is that with every big campaign, there's always the need for more connections. And building that team with NSEC, I really feel is a really great step moving forward. And then also transitioning into a organization or a nonprofit like ours is uh, one of those next big steps to build a community that really builds the principle and foundations of good connections and networking.
4: My job at HP, I actually got through a connection with our 2022 NSEC team Uh, We had an awesome production director who also really stepped up and just helped out as much as he could in certain areas, Uh, Parker Healy, who got a job at HP. And, you know, we keep those connections and you remember the people that you work with. And when they had a position that opened up for a creative strategist, marketing manager, he reached out to me. And I've heard so many stories of this happening year after year with the teams because it's those bonds that you build through AAF and through doing big ideal work like this that really make such a big
3: difference whenever you're going out into the job field? Yeah, it's one of the cool things as the advisor too. We've seen our job placements grow steadily over the year. It's not just in I think the the ad program, Jenny Bushmore is the the program coordinator. She's done a great job uh, as kind of an architect that realized how we can set ourselves apart. So our students really understand strategy first, whether you're a creative or a media planner, we understand how to use strategy and put that into a campaign. Our creatives are starting to get bigger and have more opportunities to work with clients and on portfolios and our media planning. We're bringing in some you know new faculty that are updating as the media landscape is constantly changing. So our students are, are getting a great experience through Insect, though, what I think is helping that is that final, that final push. We have an 82% job placement rate coming out of college if you're on InSact. And I keep track of those through our team as the advisor. And one of the cool things that we've seen is, again, if you've come through our INSTAC program, we really try to emphasize career readiness and not just teaching how to do a campaign here, but how to get ready for the next chapter and how to get ready for that first job after school. We see this year after year of students saying, hey, I, you know, a couple of years, last year I had some students that were up in New York. And they said, let us know we have some openings. Let us know who was on your team this year. And send us your way. so we're able to see alumni year after year who've been on the impact team who trust people who have come through the process now and bring them on to their team so i've seen alumni hire directly from our impact pool again if you get involved and you get to network and you know these people that's really what helps you get your next job or in some cases your first job
1: absolutely and i can imagine like even uh for top performing presenters as well they get call outs um as they're handing out awards and it really kind of gives a big spotlight to young aspiring professionals and making a place in the industry as well it really leaves a great mark and with every with every great action or with every great decision in this case being involved with the the national student advertising competition it really uh sets you apart from
0: hmm. the
1: job pool or at yeah. least in the application pool sorry <laughs> and um yeah, Guido, I know that you wanted to say something as well. Sorry.
0: Oh uh, no, 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 sorry, it's absolutely. You guys have been doing fantastic about what you're talking about because again, I was not able to participate in insight when I was in college because I actually funny enough did not know about it. Um, but one thing that I do that I very much appreciate hearing from you guys is uh, oh, actually two things is uh, taking risks, which is always scary, right? when no matter at what point of your uh, of your career you are but I'm glad that you guys were willing to go for it, right? If you had an idea, you believed in it, and you went with it. And the other thing is uh, the sense of camaraderie that comes from having been in this. Uh, the idea that you're still hearing from past NSAC alumni uh, who want to uh, recruit from the team, right? That's amazing, that's that's awesome. So it, I, it's just fantastic to hear that. It's not just a one-time thing, like these are uh, connections you're going to make, you're going to forge, you're going to have for the rest of your life. Um, so, yes, you, we've already talked a little bit about this. Uh, At just one quick last question here uh, for both Cooper and Kaylin, um, and actually maybe even for Mike. Uh, how would you say that NSAC has helped prepare you for your career, or how would you say it has helped you grow in your career? I suppose probably more accurate.
4: One thing that we kick off with every year with NSAC is that uh determining what our values are, and it's not so direct like that, but uh, Professor Devlin will actually pass out pieces of paper to everyone on the first day and say, I want you to write what you want to get out of this experience down on this piece of paper. And of course, everyone is going to have different answers, but it really shows that we're going into this with intrinsic motivation. Of course, winning is great and getting awards is great, but that's not the things that you remember those are not the things that (laughs) help you out as much in the real world once you're getting a job Mm -hmm. but it's really knowing what you want to get out of an experience and for this we went into it saying hey we want to grow we want to make something that we're really proud of we want to make something that we can have fun with that we can take risks with and that's exactly what we did and that's just a really important lesson to take into life in general even outside of your career is just being values focused and having that growth mindset and being able to set these goals for yourself and see them through. It just it feels great and that's something that I hope to keep doing throughout the rest of my life.
3: I
2: hundred percent agree with what Caitlin said. Just being motivated and willing to take risks is such a huge factor in your growth as a person. I'd worked on campaigns before and a lot of the other NSAC campaigns that had been previous winners have all been very emotionally tied. They have had a lot of ties to just really impacting at that level. But with this Indeed one, you know, we had an opportunity to kind of be more playful with it. And especially when you're talking about a job hunting website, <laughs> it, maybe emotion isn't exactly the one. Thing you want to tap into, you know, having a, taking a risk to go kind of silly, but also staying so strategic and branded with everything that's going on. NSAC's the perfect opportunity to go in and have free range with it to make you feel more confident into whatever role you're going into. And I know, um, the judges at Nationals, one of the judges mentioned to us that we had an excellent campaign, it was so excellent. It, was just a little too risky for Indeed to take. And that was their only real critique of our project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for one critique to just say, it's so good, it's just, like, really risky, I I consider that to be almost like a, a really big compliment because we had full range. This was our student project, and it gave us a great opportunity for everyone to just have fun. And really, you know, all of us, By the end of it, we were all so connected and so tied to our SCAMP personas that we created. It just made our team grow stronger. And like I said, the word of the day is confidence here. It all helped us feel way prepared for whatever steps we have in the future.
4: For sure. And even like outside of the team, getting to go to this competition and see people from other schools and being wowed by their campaigns and getting to connect with them and just having confidence. Not only in ourselves and our teammates, but also just the industry as a whole is such an amazing experience, and it makes me so excited to go out here and get to work with
3: all of these people. Yeah, and the thing I on what Caleb was saying earlier on, you know, as as the advisor, you know, that's a big thing that we always do push. Is you know, of course, every team that competes wants to win, and I think it's you know one of the things I learned early on. You know, the there was one year that I, there's only been one year that I've advised that we didn't place in the top three. And I remember being just really disappointed even though I thought the team's work was great and everyone felt so, this one about the, the entire, they felt like the entire semester was wasted because we didn't win. And it changed my perspective as an advisor that, look, everyone wants to win, but you're not always going to this field. Is, there's sometimes that you think you have a great campaign and for some reason, a judge just may not, or a client may not agree. And it, it's a subjective field. And sometimes you, that's, it's unavoidable. and so. We really made a point to take, shift our perspective from winning is not our goal. Winning is the outcome of if you meet your mission and your values that you set for yourself. And so that's what we started taking with the team is what is it that you want to get out of this class? And if you show up every day and you do those things to be successful, then winning is what happens is a byproduct. And if you don't win, it doesn't matter if you still decided to go and then you said, I want to do some electricity or I want to do something that is entertaining or i want to do work that i'm proud of and at the end of the day the student now has a lot more confidence in themselves so you know i think that we've all said around and they probably got hard me hearing you say this but i'm telling you know winning is not you know or success is not winning you know winning is what happens when you're doing successful things um every day and that's just kind of where we're trying to get these students and let are saying these guys talk about just being confident now and it's not about winning. It's about what do you want to get out of this experience
1: in the do that, Absolutely. And uh, just a final call out, at least in the case for the website, for whoever uh, is listening today, um, the website to view the amazing work that they did and to also see all the bio all the bios for the students that were involved uh, is com slash NSAC2023. Thank you.
0: Yeah, We'll we'll put that on the uh the show notes too so people can yeah, find it there and we'll we'll put it on social too. Absolutely. Make sure that everybody gets to see all your fantastic work. Uh guys, you know, thank you so much for uh joining us today. Talk a little bit about NSAC. Again, uh a lot of this is new to me, so it looks so exciting. Wish I'd been able to do it when I was in college, but just the timing wasn't right. Uh, but you know, all the fantastic things you guys said have said today and the stories and all those uh, networking connections that you forge are, you know, amazing.
1: And even uh, the executive that came, the marketing executive that came from Indeed to watch the presentation, she was so enthralled with all the amazing oh, yeah. work that everybody did in NSAC and really it kind of motivated ND to basically do it again or place another bid for students to have another say on oh, the wow. table for the next campaign that they really want to push forward in their next execution. So really um, fantastic work, amazing, amazing team effort and collaboration. It's really something to aspire to be moving forward as young professionals and even more established professionals to have the same passion and drive to really make amazing work.
0: Yes, absolutely. And again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, And just make sure you guys are all on LinkedIn, right? So we can uh, find you, connect and uh, hey, you know what? If. Anyone out there is looking for some uh, great creatives. we got a couple right here. Yeah, thank
4: you so much for having us. Yeah,
0: thank you so much for being here today, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Y'all you have a good one. You, you too. Take care. Friends, mark your calendars. On September 28th, 6 to 9 p.m., join us at the Moonshine Deck for Beers with Pierre. Hosted by Atu Houston and AAF Houston. It is the ultimate networking event.
1: Connect, collaborate, and have a blast with your fellow advertising professionals. Thanks to our sponsors, Dylan Moore Marketing Design and Creative Consumer Research. Again, September 28th,
0: 6 to 9 p.m. Join us at Moonshine Deck. It'll be a night of inspiration. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals, aged 32 and under, who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an amigo, join us at add the number 2 houstoncom You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at add the number 2 houston Thank you for listening.